The information on this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All information contained on or related to this podcast is for general information purposes only. And glory back back in our old seats it's been a couple of months yeah. we took the summer off i think we've got some really great episodes coming up in the next couple of months hi everybody i'm lisa and i'm Chantel, and this is guts and glory did you miss me of course I missed you, Lisa. Oh my goodness. Tell, talk about it for a little bit. What a silly me. question. Well, just me. elaborate on it then. I did miss you quite a bit, which is why I texted you every now and then. I was oh. like, what are you doing, buddy? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but some exciting news. Do you remember that IBD Unmasked campaign I was working yes. the Marvel Comics? That's right. So I'm super stoked to announce that the graphic novel is finished, finally. Woo! Woo! So you can... Actually, uh, you can see the graphic novel online at ibdunmasked.com. The graphic novel is called The Unbeatables. And you are? And I, I, well, I'm not actually a character. I was the Canadian patient advisor. So there's a couple of us, of us from around the world who advised Marvel on how to make superheroes that have Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. So parts of Oh my of God, my are you going to become obnoxious with like letters <laughs> after your name now? No. So part of um, my story and other people's stories yep. were infused in a variety of characters in the graphic novel. But the coolest thing was I came home from work one day and on my doorstep was um, a box of 30 printed graphic novels. It's like 80 pages. So I brought them to school. My students are reading them. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Check it out, everybody. IBDonmass.com. Now, will there be a printed version available anywhere? I'm not sure what's happening with that because it's it's early in the printing. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you can request printed copies. Okay. But the website's really good as well, even with answering general questions about Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. Um, There's like videos up there on how the process was made. You can make your own um, superhero and the sidekick on the website. You can change their clothing and their hair and all that kind of stuff. So it's really interactive and very informative for people with Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. And it's the first of its kind, you know, bringing, shedding light uh, on people with IBD through characters, through graphic novels, through superheroes. Good for you. Yeah, man. You've given birth to a a, uh, graphic version of yourself. That's right. There's a blonde girl in the graphic novel. My principal requests all the time, look, this is Miss Wicks. No, guys, this is not me. This is not me. But she's blonde. she's inspired by you. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. So tell me about you. Uh, What's going on? Well, I think we both agree that this is... not the greatest time for either of us no, health-wise. Yeah. So you uh, had sent me a text I was a bit concerned about. Yeah. You had said that, you know, you're wondering if you're starting to flare. Well, and- I'll tell you, as, as you listeners know, I don't suffer as much as Chantal does. Uh, I, but you've had your I've share. Had, I've had my share in the past, but I deal with a pretty manageable case of Crohn's disease. And I haven't had a really big flare-up for ugh, 10 years. Uh, but every now and then something happens and I have to, you know, I have to think about what I'm eating and I have to think about uh, different ways that uh, my gut is affected by the way that I live. So uh, about a week and a half ago, I started having, and I had in 1989, I had an ileocolic resection. So my duodenum 
uh, right at the point where uh, my small bowel and my large bowel connect, I had about four inches of intestine removed. And they reconnected it. And they reconnected it. And right away? Yes. Okay. And I was pretty healthy. I had a couple more flare-ups after that, but then essentially things That sort was your of, saving grace. Yeah, basically. that was my saving grace. I've talked to you about that big point in my life where there was so much stress going on, where I moved to the United States and then moved back and then moved back to the States and then moved back. And during that time, I was not taking not, care of you. Yeah, I was not doing too well. And I couldn't decide where I wanted to be which was really um, contributing to my stress. So, um, so you told me that you have kind of like a checklist that you go through I do. to kind of ask yourself, is this a flare that's coming? Yeah. And if so, what's causing it? Exactly. Is there anything I can do? That's right. Because I've had this uh, low-level Crohn's case that I deal with, and I, I have to admit, I, I'm not proud of this, but I don't see a gastroenterologist right now. And that is, I have one, but I haven't gone a lot. So you're not I, going for like a yearly checkup even? Yes. Because you're I well, should. you feel. I'm well, but I also find that my, the doctor that I had for a long time, the one who saw me through my 20s and 30s, retired. Mm -hmm. And he passed me off to another doctor. And that doctor is not my favorite. It's not, not my favorite experience. He's great, but he's so busy and he doesn't, he hasn't been with me through it all. So he thinks I'm pretty well. So you you're know, losing like, that personalization you and had I, before. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not a real priority for him. So I feel it every time I go and it, I, there's been a, I feel like there's been a disconnect with my disease yeah. and my caretaker. So I manage it on my own a lot now also because I'm not on medication. It's not like I'm going back for a renewal or anything like that. I'm never going for new medication. Here's what happened. About Tell a week and checklist. a half, yes. uh, about a week and a half, I started having pain around the area that um, You've had surgery. I had surgery. It's always in that area when I, when I feel it, when I have a Crohn's attack. It's always pretty oh, much in that area. it is concentrated in that same area. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's Maybe not in exactly the same spot, but like You're right same side. side. Yeah, yeah, same side and close by there. So it was pain you were feeling. So it's pain. And it, it's not serious pain, but if I push on my stomach. It makes it worse. It, I can definitely feel like everything goes, oh, wait, hey, whoa, get out of there. Keep your fingers out. So, um, so here's what often happens when I am going through something like this. And, and I hope if you're dealing with a similar situation where your Crohn's sort of flares up once in a while, I hope you will uh, relate to this. I think mm -hmm. everybody can. Mm -hmm. um, so the first couple of little pangs of, oh, I think I'm getting sick, I try to ignore. Because, you know, the thing that goes on in your head is, don't want to be sick. So yes. if and I if just you get tell too myself up, there's nothing happening, yes. there's nothing happening. If you get too worked up mentally, yep. it's going to cause everything else to get worse. Exactly. So you just try to calm yourself down. So you just try to... Calm yourself down slash ignore the problem completely. <laughs> Maybe there's no calming down that just goes, it's just like, that's nothing. Never think Moving about on. it. Moving on. Yeah. So then a couple of days later, when the pain intensifies a little bit, the anxiety starts to come in. The questions come into your head like, is this a flare-up? Oh, God, am I and getting it, sick right now? Well, it's an instant panic because yeah. I panic. Yeah. When, I, when, I, when it gets to the point where I'm like, oh, my gosh, because I, I go through that ignoring it. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. This too shall pass. I think everybody does, especially if you've gone through it before. The last thing you want to do is admit that yeah. it's coming back when you've been feeling And of well, course right? I tell myself, oh, I'll just sleep it off. Like yeah. this is not a cold. Yeah. But I tell myself every time yeah. I'll sleep it off. Yeah. But then when I realize, okay, 
can't sleep at all. This is a flare. Yeah. Then it's like a solid, for me, it's like two or three days of panic. Yeah. Which makes it worse. Absolutely. So what do you do when, after your panic? What's that? So uh, I notice that the anxiety comes in and I will just say, and I've talked about this many times, I'm pretty good at putting a pin in that anxiety now and deflating it. Better than um, me. Yeah, but but I understand your anxiety is way different than mine because you physically go to a different place. Your case is so much more... Uh, it's different for everyone. It's different for it's everybody. Different for everyone. So this is something I've been consciously practicing, like going to yoga, doing meditation, right. is st trying to stop the anxiety there and really just get super, super practical about it. Right. So... This is when your checklist comes this in. This is when your my checklist comes in. My practical Lisa's checklist. Lisa's practical checklist yes. when trying to figure out what's happening in a flare. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So the very first thing I ask myself is, what has changed about my life in the last two weeks prior to feeling this pain? Now, specifically, what do you look at in life? Food? Yes, definitely. Okay. Food. What else? I look at uh, sleep patterns. Sleep patterns. I look at... Uh, exercise? Exercise. Okay. I look at stress, work and life stress. So the physical and the mental stress on yes. your body. Yeah. Uh, and I, the fifth one is I look to see if there's anything that I am trying to supplement uh, into my diet to fix any other. Like if so I, if, you've, if you're taking different vitamins or exactly. if you're taking different medications for something else. All of that, yeah. Like even increased use of Tylenol because you've had more headaches? For sure. Right, uh, okay. A green drink, maybe uh, like, a, um, like a protein shake or something like that or anything. Even something that somebody told me to, oh, this is really good for people with Crohn's disease. I think you know? that's important that you've distinguished between food and like supplementing yeah. something. Yeah, it's not always food. It right. could be something that you're doing that you think, oh, this is really healthy for me. This is, I should have been doing this a long time ago. I just started it two weeks. So it can't be that, uh, two weeks ago, so it can't be that. Well, if it changed and you had a gut reaction to it, you have to, sometimes to, you know. Sometimes it needs more than two weeks to completely change 100%. the makeup of your gut. One of the worst things that I ever, one of the worst flares that I ever had, I'm sorry for this to this company, maybe we'll bleep it out. But there was a uh, Greens Plus little uh, kick I went on for a while. Do you know Greens Plus? I it's don't. a it's a uh, like a, a green drink that you mix into your into water and you shoot it and it gives you a, it's an energy. It, it's your greens, right? And so you, you I was, had tried a supplement that worked for some people. Yeah, but that kicked you up. I tried it unadvised by any doctor. Right. I tried it because I was tr I was running a lot at the time. Like I, I was really into running, so I was trying to just. Get that Keep boost. my energy and my protein high. In a healthy way. Uh, we had a, a, a lovely guest on the show, Allie. And Allie had uh, recommended this supplement to me because Allie also has Crohn's disease. Right. And I was taking it. It was great. I ran out of it. And so I replaced it with the Greens Plus, not thinking, uh, oh, this is it's completely, it's not the same can't thing. can't just switch things. Yeah, you can't switch variety. That's the other thing. <laughs> That's the other thing. If you have been taking a supplement all your life, and it's been no problem, but you switch brands. It can sometimes be something in the way a different company makes the same thing you you've what? always That's taken. That's been the argument of drugs as well, generic. Yeah. Generic drugs versus the original drug, yeah. you know? How sometimes it doesn't, 
and it does, sometimes it doesn't bother anybody. You mm -hmm. can switch between the generic and regular fine. You know, most of that is obviously because of the, the cost. Generic is much cheaper. Right. Um, but for a lot of people with IBD, because we're so sensitive, if you switch us to a generic brand of a medication, yep. it's detrimental for yeah. some of us. So I, you figured out I in figured your out, checklist? I figured out what it is, I think. And I'm still sort of in the... I, you know, I only figured it out a couple of days. I figured it out day before yesterday. So what did you figure out? And then from here, what how happens? are you going to make sure that that's it? Okay, so how I figured it out was it was literally just going through my checklist, looking at all the things that I did. I don't know if I told you this or not, but a couple of weeks ago I had another little, like, ugh, kind of a flare. Attack. And I discovered that I just, I had been eating a lot of chia seeds. I've been eating oh, a lot of chia seeds. What are you doing, seeds. woman? I, I have never had problems with them before. Be, yes, but I had them many days in a row. And you're already feeling sensitive. I wasn't at this oh, point. This was wanna. a little while back. So, so that might have kicked it up at exactly. first. Exactly. It's possible that that may have made me a I little sensitive. I love though. But they're so terrible for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're so... They're super food, right? They're so super. And they're just... They, I get so much from them. But if I overdo it, I create literally a chia wall in my colon. It's adorable. So you know, it's like, I'm sure it's be it, it looks like a, a chia pet down there. So it's a combination of chia seeds mm -hmm. and then you had mentioned a supplement. Okay, so what happened was, I I've shown you my fingers before. Uh, I have, I took Imuran for a really long time and I have these like, um, I have arthritic fingers and they, they look worse than they feel, but every now and then they get really achy. And I had uh, gotten the advice of a, an amazing, and I think he's amazing, a naturopath who recommended these supplements. And it's, it's great to work with somebody for a long time and really have them get to know they have you. Your history. Because they have your history and yeah. they can help you figure things Your trust out. grows with them as well. Absolutely. So, so he recommended this. Iron, or it's a, it was a supplement. It's basically, uh, a it's um, like it has a compound in it that is uh, shellfish. Okay. It's, um, yeah. And it's, it's for it's your cartilage, right? It, it, was, it was a drink. Okay, a drink. And I was drinking it, and people who've ever had Picosalex before, oh, we're you'll get know there. that uh, <laughs> there's just some taste that, they just, they're, it's horrifying. And I was... You need to not chug Not taking afterwards. it enough. Yeah, I was not taking enough because I, as even though it was just a shot like this, you it, dread it. it. I dread it, and because it, it would be with me, it would haunt my dreams. So uh, I decided to. I took one uh, of the liquid form, one bottle, went through it, and I decided the next time I'm going to get the pill form. I go back and talk to him again. Discover that the pill form is there's three times as much. Um, so it's more stuff potent. in it. No, no, no. Like it lasts longer. It's oh. cheaper, and it's in the pill form, so I don't have to taste it anymore. So I bonus. Yeah, right. My I'm paying less. I'm getting more, and great. I don't have to have that taste. Except I will have to have a Crohn's attack. <laughs> it turns out. So so you think this is I'm what's at. causing it? Yeah, because I've only been. We shouldn't laugh. It. No, Lisa. but it's not you kind of have to. I know. I you kind of have to laugh because you've been through it so. You know, we've both been through it so much. It gets like, to the point it. you're like, oh, I thought I could be like normal people there for a little bit, but so turns out you're gonna stop taking people. it. Then I'm assuming I have stopped taking it for. And you're two gonna days. pay very close attention to how you're feeling. Yep. 
And for our listeners who think they have figured it out, they go through their checklist. Yeah. And they figure it out. It's still important to make sure that you're in contact with your doctor. It is very important. Right? It's also very important to write down when you have an that's a, food an journal. Adverse, yeah, it, take it, it, write it in your food journal if you have an adverse reaction to something, because chances are you'll forget. Absolutely. Life is long. Life is long. Problems come back. Yeah. We're always looking for solutions for problems, and it's so easy to forget. Even if you think oh, I'll never forget the way this made me feel, yes, you will. 15 years from now, you'll forget. And I think the thing is to be patient too, patient too, because some people feel two days a week, oh, okay, if I'm not feeling better or if I'm feeling better, that must have been it. That's it. And I've learned the hard way that way that sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes you have to wait a month. That's right. Or six weeks. That's right. So I'm hoping the next time that we record, Lisa. Yeah. I'll be able to tell I you. when I say, um, excuse me, how are you feeling? You're going to tell me that this was all in the past. Yeah. And that things are fine now. Yeah. I hope so too. And if not, you've got to go back to your checklist. Because you're a teacher and my colon is already getting scared at the tone in your voice. <laughs> you should see my look right now, guys. Yeah, I'm giving really her giving... the teacher look that she better get her shit together and figure out what's <laughs> going on. Literally. This is the thing. Literally get my <gasps> Neither shit together. Neither of us need to be in hospital doing the next episode. No. That is for sure. I think important is the checklist, remaining calm, and making sure you have a detailed food journal yeah. that outlines your food. You know, add in your supplements, add in stressors. Definitely indicate your bathroom movements with the short description, um, because it's amazing the patterns that you'll see over months. That, like you said, you forget things. Life is quick and it's moving all the time, and all, everything's happening at once. Yeah, that food journal is really is really key, and so is that checklist. And just, you know, it, when you start to feel that anxiety of uh, feeling like you may be having an attack, God, I, Just a I'm mental so, check-in. I'm so, uh, w both of us, like, it, I'm, it's so familiar to me, that feeling of anxiety. Yeah. But where you proceed from there is super important. If yeah. you can try to not... Freak out. Freak out <laughs> and just methodically go through a checklist of what you have changed in your life over the last however long you feel like you go, yeah like go what were you month. doing then that you know you've changed in this time I think Just the thing really is to, to make sure that food journal is ongoing you know yeah. because if we if you start a food journal once you start to flare it's too late you've already missed mm -hmm. you've already missed what it could be yeah you know, environment is also a really big thing. Totally. Have you, are you living somewhere now that you weren't living before? Are you weather changes, weather change? It Have was you 39 degrees one day this week and 16 two yeah. days later? <laughs> Crazy shit. Like, do I, did I move into a basement apartment in Less the last, light. like Less. did I, anything, all of those things have to be given attention when you start to feel a different change. Cause we still don't know why people get Crohn's and colitis, but we know that there are factors that affect people, like Absolutely. that we that uh, are not all diet and uh, you know things that we ingest and medicine and stuff. They can just be environmental. Absolutely. So really important to check that. So guys, stuff. keep your checklist, keep your food journal, and I know this sounds terrible when you're freaking out, but really do try to calm down. Yeah, whatever you can do, whatever take a hot bath and think about it. You know, go. Lie in a dark room and, you know, listen to classical music or, or a wave machine or anything to get your anxiety down so you can just think clearly. Now, let's talk about you. Oh. As I know, 
My <laughs> problems are like a drop in a bucket compared to yours. So in short, um, my cycle has continued yet again. Um, my lovely cycle of finding a drug that works for me and then being on it for a few months, sometimes a few weeks, sometimes a couple of years, and then it stops working for me. So I'm at that point in my life now where my current medications that I'm taking are not working for me anymore. And those are? So I'm on five ASAs right now, just um, I'm taking Mesovant orally and then Pentassa enemas and suppositories. So I'm just kind of pumping myself from both ends right now to kind of um, allow me to still go to work um, and manage myself decently enough that I don't need to be hospitalized right now. But it's, you know, between my myself and my GI, just this week, actually, we discovered, like, obviously, this isn't working. If I've been on this medication for this long, I'm still bleeding. I'm still having, you know, crazy urgency. I'm still having to make sure I don't eat if I want to go places. The blood's a big thing. Blood and mucus is a big thing. Pain. Um, I'm getting the extra uh, intestinal manifestations of Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. I get them a lot. So extra intestinal manifestations are things that happen during a flare caused by your Crohn's and ulcerative colitis that are not in your intestines, but they're outside of your intestines. So for example, I have my skin. I get really bad boils and rashes all over my skin. My eyesight gets really bad. Yeah. Uh, in particular, my right eye seems to be super blurry. My hair falls out a lot, um, real bad headaches, super bad ulcers in my mouth and on my tongue, which I've had before. Um, in my esophagus, even my voice today is a little bit ugh. Um, so all of this is happening. It's not happening to the point where it's not controlled because I, I don't need to go to hospital as of yet. Right. But obviously my current medication is not working because I wouldn't be like this if I'm taking as much medication. So... The plan of action is to go on a biologic. Now, I've been on a biologic before. I was on Humira, um, Humira and Remicator um, anti-TNF biologics. Unfortunately, they didn't work for me, but they work for so many people. Right. Right. They didn't work for me. Wasn't the drug for me. So we are now going to start Antivio. So I'm pretty stoked about Antivio. Antivio is a fairly new drug, I would say, in Canada. So it was approved for ulcerative colitis first. Um, and then I would say within the last two years, it was approved for, approved for Crohn's disease as well, Okay. which is great. So I'm really, um, you know, Antivio, is a, it's a biologic. It's a big drug. It's not an anti-TNF. It works a little bit differently. So Antivio specifically targets the gut. And it, it basically works by blocking the white blood cells that go to the gut. Because we know white blood cells will be sent, you know, as an, as an immunal response. Right, of course. We know we have autoimmune. Yeah. You know, we need to kind of shut that down so that we have time to heal before it has the opposite effect. Right. Where it's trying to fix and then it begins to attack. So I'm excited for how the drug's going to work. Um, I haven't started it yet. The process is long. And, you know, if anybody's ever been through the biologic process before, you know how it goes. You get contacted by um, the drug company. Their patient program will contact you. So the drug company for Antivio is Takeda. So their, their patient program is called My Vantage. So I've been contacted by people from My Vantage, and it's a really it's a really great, all patient programs I've been involved in, the Humira and the Antivio have been great because they contact you. And of course, the big thing with biologics is they're super expensive. Yeah. So Antivio, uh, Humira is an, an injection. 
Right. And how often do you have to take the injection? So the injection with Humira depends. Like you get your top-up dosages at the beginning. And then for most people, it's every six or eight weeks. Sometimes it's every four weeks. Different so, for patients. So you're, you're paying every six or right. eight weeks, the full Remicade pop. is an infusion. So you go to an infusion center, again, four, six, or eight weeks. It's about a three-hour infusion. Okay. So Antivio, um, being a biologic as well, is an infusion. It's much shorter, though. The infusion takes about 30 minutes. So it's a very quick infusion. It's about as long as what my iron infusions are. And um, you have your top-up dosages at the beginning. And I believe once you get on a schedule, if it works for you, again, it's either four, six, or eight weeks. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for this, you know, this drug. It is top-of-the-line drug. The patient program, my advantage, um, my advantage has been really good. You know, the patient programs, they contact you. They get your information. Because, of course, the first thing is we need to see if your insurance is going to cover this. Mm -hmm. You know, because Antivio, for example, one injection is $3,800. So every six to eight oh. weeks, it's a $3,800 injection. Oh, my God. Right? So right now I'm in the process. I haven't started the drug yet, you know, in the future, on future episodes. You know, I'll talk about my experience with Antibio. So right now I'm just in the preparation stages. So uh, it's new. So Antibio is reaching out to my drug company, getting the paperwork between them and my doctor worked out to see how much the, sorry, see how much my insurance will cover. Um, the drug companies always step in to help with some of the coverage. They do. They do sometimes, yeah. They'll even, they've even requested that I could get started on it now, even though it's not approved by insurance yet, they'll cover the first initial dosages. However, my doctor wants me to have some tests beforehand. So um, I, we've both agreed I would like to have a colonoscopy um, before I start the drug, just because we want to physically see what my colon looks like before I go on the drug. I can tell you what my symptoms are. I can write them all down, but we want to physically see what the colon looks like before we start the drug so that once I've been on the drug for, you know, a couple of the cycles, we go back and we look at the colon again to see, is there a physical difference? Right. Right. I think that's important for me as yeah. well to, yeah. to, to know, because it's one thing if your symptoms disappear, but if your inflammation is still there, then I, I question how much is the medication actually working. Right. So colonoscopy is the one thing. So that's coming up. Halloween, definitely not a trick or a treat that I'm getting a colonoscopy on. Halloween. Oh, you're getting it on Halloween? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think your doctor will be dressed as like a vampire? I feel or? like I should dress up just for my colonoscopy, like going wearing like the poop emoji suit. Yeah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> I think. That's... Oh my God, you'd be the hit of that recovery room. Uh, Daryl and I have actually been Halloween shopping, and we've tried on. I've tried on a poop emoji suit. <laughs> I don't know how accessible to the rear end I'll well, be. Well, it should. So. It just should have a zipper that goes yeah, all the so way around. Yeah, so maybe I'll just bring my poop pillow. Maybe yeah. that's what I'll do. Mm. Um, plus, I have to do a fecal cow protection test. So they're gonna, which is so. So you got to study for but that. You know, it's great. They they send me the poop kit to my house. This is the best part. I don't even have to go poop at a hospital. They'll send it to my house. You know, I, I fill out the yeah. paperwork, fill out the bottles, fill my information. And then there's, they have already paid for the postage back. Wait, you're shipping your shit. I'm shipping my shit. Nice. For free. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I no would cost. love to be there when you're just dropping it into the mailbox. No like, cost to the No cost to the patient. Well, what's good about that, though, too, is um, 
you know, I don't know if this is a test that's always recommended for Intibio, but I do know that my doctor has requested that I have this test. Um, and part of it's because I'm at Mount Sinai and Mount Sinai is really, you know, forward thinking and pushing yeah. the envelope for research. And my doctor knows that if there's ever an opportunity for pieces of my colon to be extracted during a colonoscopy or, you know, poop or anything that they need to help with research, by all means, sign me up, doc. I'm good to go. Yeah. Um, so that's where I am. That's where I am right now, waiting for the processes of Intivio to go through. You're at the whim of science. That's it. You are just there to be a Chantal scientific the volunteer. <laughs> wow. Okay. So let Colon me just let me get back to this really quickly. Uh, I'm blown away by the price yes. of yes. And that was Humira that you were saying? No, so 3800 for the Antivio. That's Antivio. I'm blown yeah. away by that price. But it's a biologic, right? It's a live drug. Okay, like but you have a... to pay that amount every six weeks? Six or eight. I think I'm going to start How is that age. possible? How do people do it? So that's what's really good about the patient programs. Like if you haven't, and good about being in Canada, you know, if you've got insurance, it's always the process to see how much the insurance will cover, cover if they'll cover all of it, if they'll cover a portion of it. They also work with outside uh, insurance companies like Trillium. Right. So what's great about the program, the patient program, is that they really put all of this in place for you. So it really takes the stress off the patient, which of course, as you know, you know, less stress, the better. Right. Right? Yeah. So, of course. An update on that to come when we figure out, you know, what's going on. But we wanted to spend some time having chat about colonoscopy. Yeah, because we never talk about this. Yeah, so we'll spend, you know, five, and it ten is minutes. such a thing that just about everybody goes through when you're... Right. And you know what? Males over 40, you're supposed to be going for a regular colonoscopy for, you know, checking for colon cancer and things Every like that. Every five years, right? I think it is. Yeah. For different provinces, years. different countries, you know, are different, but, um, you know... Everybody should just be going for a colonoscopy. And I know everyone thinks, oh my goodness, like this is my butt out. But to be honest with you, if you're going for a colonoscopy, you are um, sedated. So... You're yeah. not awake, and if you are awake, you're not coherent enough to even really care. It's over. It's, you don't even know. The, let's be honest. The worst part of the colonoscopy is the prep. Yes. That's the, the, the colonoscopy itself is fine, guys. You're usually knocked out. So there's a, there's a colonoscopy, and there's a flexible sigmoidoscopy. Right. So flexoid, uh, the flex sig is not as intrusive. It doesn't go as deep into the colon. So for most people, like, I'm not sedated at all when I have a flexible sigmoidoscopy. Granted, it is painful when they get to certain parts, but that's also because my colon's inflamed. So they're going through diseased bowel at the time. But colonoscopy specifically we'll talk about today. You are sedated for the actual procedure. So it's a good sleep, to be honest with you. Your butt's out, but who cares, man? Yeah. Everybody's your butt's out. And your you're room with people with their butts out. If you're having a colonoscopy, it's an ass doctor. Yeah. Like they see asses all day long, you know? Yeah. And women, you know, you go for a pap test. Colonoscopy is way better than a pap test. Like, you are awake for a pap test. Like, your legs are up. Yeah. Colonoscopy, you lie on your on your left side. Knees are bent. Yeah. Nice and comfortable. And you drift off. And you go to sleep. And you go to sleep, yeah. <laughs> but no, the prep is what's intense. So colonoscopy, you got to take the Pico Salax is usually what your doctor prescribes. So it's this lovely powder that you mix with water. Oh, God, it's the worst. It's, it's It has uh, the consistency of... Um, well, it's like a... It's this weird... 
it starts off like a bubbly fizz and then it yeah, turns Yeah, it's like to, a soda pop with like a level of grease on it. Yeah, I don't know not, what it is. That's exactly what it is. So you know, it's my grease. It's pipe are, grease. <laughs> so my colonoscopy is 11 a.m. on uh, Halloween. So y'all can think about me when you're at your... Uh, you're at your desk at 11 a.m. on Halloween, eating your rice, you know, your Reese's Pieces peanut butter cups, and my ass is out That's on the table. That's how you imagine us all, huh? <laughs> at 11 o'clock, sitting at desk, just eating Reese's Pieces. So the day before, typically, you take your first one around 4 in the afternoon. So you take my first one. I'm going to be rushing home from work, obviously, on the 30th. Take my first Pico Salix around 4 p.m., and then you take another one, and you, my instructions are between 8 and 10. You now, take you have the powdered form. Yeah. So... It yeah. also comes in a little jar form uh, yeah. that is just like a drink that you so it's, pour it's in your drink. The same. But it's essentially it's the same, same thing. Stuff. Now, but before we get into this too much, uh, Pico Salix is one way to take it. Not every hospital right. has the same different prep. prep. And some are, I will say, slightly more medieval than others. Yeah. There is one version where you have to drink four liters yeah. of basically a salt water prep. That is just like, that's way, way harder than yeah. the colonoscopy or really anything. The drinking period, it's the stuff before. You know, to me, and I'll be honest, like it's the drinking stuff. So drinking the picosalics. And then, of course, you need to drink a lot in between. Like you just need to be drinking water, yeah. drinking water, drinking water. And then the, the worst part about it, though, is that, of course, yes, you're going to the bathroom. But if you have Crohn's or ulcerative colitis... You're always going. To You're always going to the bathroom when you flare. So go to the bathroom all the time. But, you know, don't go out. And, don't go out that evening. Yeah. No. No, no plans that <laughs> night. No Nuit Blanche. But the worst no. part about it is the day before, the 24 hours before, you can only be on liquids. Yeah. Right. So you feel like shit. You do. Because you're hungry. Because all you've been is, you know, chicken broth and blue Gatorade. You want to avoid the oranges and the reds because they show up. Just alarming. avoid Gatorade. Yeah. Just avoid Gatorade. So you're just drinking just, you know, tea with no sugars, no yeah. milk. You're just, it's, you're just on liquid. So you're feeling bloated enough as it is. You're really hungry. I get terrible headaches when I don't eat. I get oh, hangry. Yeah. Poor Daryl. He's already said he's going to just be somewhere else that day. <laughs> so my poor students, the day before my colonoscopy, are just like, don't talk to me. Sit down. <laughs> no questions today. We're watching Bill Nye. <laughs> um, well, I sit here and drink my liquid. Terrible. So vicious. the day before the liquid and then taking the Pico Salix. So it's, you know, I wonder how bad the Pico Salix would really be if I got to eat that day. Like yeah. it, it's the, I've just had liquids all day and now I have to drink a liquid that doesn't taste, it's foreign to me. Yeah. And it's just And then it's making me go right to the bathroom. Through. Exactly. Yeah. You do, you feel, I remember feeling extremely weak and yeah. irritable the day before Absolutely. my uh, colonoscopies. Uh, Granted, it's not the worst thing that's happened no. to us, but it still sucks. It sucks. It sucks. And, you know, because I'm flaring, because I'm bleeding and I'm very sensitive and stuff, I just, it, the more you go to the bathroom, it becomes irritated. Then, you know, I always get comfortable sitting down or sitting in certain positions because, you know, it sucks. Yeah. But what's new for me is that um, I've got my papers here. So it says at, at, at Mount Sinai Hospital, my instructions have changed a bit. Okay. There's a new Pico Salix prep. So what they said is a few days before the colonoscopy, so two or three days before the colonoscopy, that they want me to start eating a low-fiber diet. So avoid whole grains, nuts, seeds, dry fruit, and raw fruits and vegetables. Now, to be honest, this is a lot of what I already avoid. Uh-huh especially going through a flare. Yeah. So it's not that big of a change for me. Um, 
But that's something I noticed that I wasn't told before. Like it was really just the, the 24 hours of staying away from solids and just drinking clear liquids, pico salix yeah. in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but really now paying attention to making sure you're cutting these foods out two or three days before right, right. was something that's new for me. So I'm going for my colonoscopy. And then of course at midnight, the day before your colonoscopy, you have to stop eating and drinking Everything. completely. Yeah. Like there's nothing else. So the morning of the colonoscopy, you've just spent the whole night bloating in the toilet. Granted, think about it. If you haven't eaten for that whole 24 hours, there isn't really much that's coming out. No, but And when it's coming of, out, it's liquid. That's kind of the worst part, though, yeah. because it's, it's that dry it's heaving from uncomfortable. your, from your yeah. 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 Just painting a picture of sheer beauty. <laughs> oh, shit. You know? You gotta love your bathroom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, get comfy in there. Make it so, your oasis. You know what? And then you get to the hospital, you change into your lovely little gown, you put on the little slippers. Sometimes they make you wear the cap. Sometimes they make you go back to the waiting room, yeah. which is the worst. They put you in a waiting room, then they'll put you on a stretcher. And at this point, you're just like, hallelujah, within a couple of hours, it's gonna be over, and I'm getting chicken McNuggets on the yeah, way home. Yeah. You know, then you get on the stretcher, they wheel you in, they tell you to turn on, on your left hand side, they cover you up with a blanket. Like it's just, they literally just lift the blanket for just your butt. Like yeah. it's not like, it's just the butt. Just and the at butt. this point you're like, I don't care. I'm starving. I'm so empty. Let's get it on. They, yeah. And then the, the anesthesiologist, my favorite people, they come in, they, they just little syringe into the IV. And it's the night, doctor night talks to you, talks to you, talks to you, and then all of a sudden you're awake and you're, well, all of a sudden you're awake and you're in a different room. Yeah. You're a gassy. This is the thing. Yeah, People try to hold in that gas, <laughs> but you're so gassy because they do add air to your colon. So they put a little air in your colon as they pass the camera through. Right. Of, of course, they need to blow up the colon a bit because you want to avoid... Um, the camera causing tears in the cooler right, or anything like that. Right. So they put a little air in. Plus, like, you're pushing something through. So the air does get pinned up in there, really. Yeah, yeah. So when you wake up, they say to you, just let it out. Yeah, like, yeah. just let the air out. And, of course, when I wake up in my colonoscopy rooms, I'm in a patient room with another you know, eight to 10, yeah. 12 beds. Yeah. So some of all these people have had colonoscopies. Mm -hmm. Some are letting it rip while they're still knocked out. Some yeah, are awake. Yeah. Some are awake, ripping it out. And then there's always a couple people who you know they're pinning it in. And it's like, don't <laughs> pin it in. It's you're so bad it, for you. You're making it impossible for me to let it rip. Yeah, like let it out. Because you don't let it rip. Because it's, it's painful. Yeah. You know what pent-up gas feels like? You got to let it out. And you know, there's always a little bit of the jelly coolness around the rectum because they do lubricate the camera before mm -hmm. it goes in. But you know, in a nutshell, guys, that's a colonoscopy. So, and then let's not forget the most that the most beautiful part of all of that you touched on really briefly. But you wake up and you know, you I'm as eat. far from a colonoscopy, <laughs> my next colonoscopy, like, as I will ever be. It's like, and I can go eat what I want right now. Daryl, I Daryl's gonna have to be sitting in the waiting room. Like, yeah. I'm just gonna have to let it out while I eat because yeah. listen. And then of course you wait for your doctor to come in and give you an update. What's what's yeah. it look like? How's well, it going? I I recall that that's how I usually wake up. Absolutely. I usually Ripping? wake up with a doctor right telling there. me. Right there. Yeah. 
I, I was, it, you know, this is what I saw and that's it. The and one thing I will recommend about the end of a colonoscopy or just seeing your doctor at all after a test is I really do recommend that somebody else is there with you. With a colonoscopy, you have to have someone take you to the hospital anyways. Because of the anesthetic, you're not allowed to drive home afterwards. Right. So, you know, you have someone there, but I would really recommend that you request that that person comes into the to the the room where you are when the doctor does talk to you you know being on an anesthetic even if you weren't on an anesthetic it's really nice to have a second set of ears True. listening to the advice and a second set of ears that will ask questions that you might not ask yeah. so you know and then I know I know you're thinking what I'm not calling in my best friend or my spouse or my mother while I'm sitting here freely letting gas go no no you have no choice yeah. you know I don't, I, I don't believe in our two and a half year relationship that I've ever farted in front of Daryl. <laughs> Daryl farts all the time in front of me, but I don't think I've crossed that barrier right. with him yet. Well, yeah. And this is going to be the first time he's taking me to a colonoscopy. So, you know, I think I might be blushing a little bit and I can see Daryl thinking like, holy shit, you know? <laughs> But granted, we did go. You guys are going to cross that. We did go looking You're going to go together into that new experience. <laughs> I'm just going to blame it on the air. It's not my fault. They blew up my college. Just remember how many times Daryl has farted. Right. And just give him All the one time. Back. And, you Hold know, his hand. We, we have. Grab his hand. Look into his just eyes. let it go. And just let it rip right there. Um, but we also have, like, I've, I've superimposed on him that we should maybe be looking at engagement rings. So we have spent quite an amount of time looking at engagement rings lately. So I feel like, uh, I feel like we should have had the engagement ring on my finger before <laughs> we went to the colonoscopy because this could be, no, I'm just kidding. This is a deal he breaker. loves me. He loves me. Um, but yes, we have been. So um, he's stuck now. Actually, you know what? We don't even need an engagement ring. We bought a house. So yeah, it's true. Nothing binds like debt. <laughs> Nothing Debt says and forever. The, the wake up call of like a colonoscopy. Death. Yes. That's it. Yeah. So, guys, in short, men, women, children, IBD or not, I know that the whole colonoscopy butt out doctor exploring my rectum and colon is not something as a society that we're comfortable with. But truly, the whole process is the worst part of the process is the prep beforehand. And it's, if you've had food poisoning, you've experienced the prep beforehand without the nausea. Yeah. Um, so and here's just, the thing. Just do no, it. Of all the procedures you get as a somebody who has Crohn's or colitis, yeah. nothing gives you more conclusive information Absolutely. Than, a, than a colonoscopy That's because it, it is just like you can see the disease. You can see the and disease. quite often too, I don't know if all hospitals do this, but I know some do where they will actually tape your colonoscopy. Yeah, so if do. you want to see it, and if you were make awake, sure you ask before you Yeah, you when go you go in. in, you'll see the TV camera. Yeah. And I know for flex sigmoidoscopies, because I'm awake for those, I see my colon. Yeah. And you know, I know this sounds silly, but for me, seeing my colon, oh, yeah. pictures or video yeah. or live as I'm awake I know for what flex you're say. it's actually like, it's it's calming for yeah, me, yeah. even if there is disease, because I'll see where the disease is, yeah. I'll see where it's not, and then when I go for a follow-up when my disease is better, seeing that it's not there yeah. anymore yeah. is it's such a big It's a mental relief. boost for me. It really is. It, so, it, it, I, I was going to say it allows you to take control of absolutely. your um, of your wellness in a way that you can't. You don't even understand until you see it. You yeah. know. It's but a like, mental. But just to put that out there again, you if you want to get your colonoscopy recorded, you have to ask 
well in advance. You yeah. can't just show up on the day and say, Or you can ask say, them to take snapshots, yeah. uh, snapshots along the way. So that's what I say, you know, guys, don't be stressed about a colonoscopy, you know, prep for it. Stay at home that evening. You'll be a little moody. You'll be hangry. Um, Get some good television. Binge so watch some it. stuff you've always wanted to yeah, see. It's so worth it. And for example, like colon cancer is on the rise. And when colon, colon cancer is, you know, found very often in a colonoscopy and diagnosed early, it's one of the most curable cancers. Yeah. So just do it, guys. Yeah. Butt yeah. out. Get it out. And Put your you butt out. Up, when you wake up, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Get it out. <laughs> wake up. Let it go. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. I hope everyone out there is feeling well. And Chantel, I really hope that you're on the mend Thank soon. You. Good Thank luck you. and keep us posted about the new medication. Yes. Strength and positive thoughts. Bye, everybody. Guts and Glory is produced by Bang Albino, Inc., a full-service creative agency.